Erica, we got you on the Hello. line. Hi, Nick, at night. Hi, how are you? I'm great. Good, good. So, uh, welcome to episode 11 um, of Nick at Night. I'm learning I need to do better at actually introducing the podcast at the beginning of the show rather than at the very tail end sneaking that in there. So, uh, thanks cool. for coming on. I appreciate you uh, giving up the time to do this. You got it. So um, I guess for everybody listening, that way we can kind of catch them up to speed briefly. Uh, If you want to take like a minute or so just to introduce yourself, what you do, um, where you're from, that sort of a thing, that way uh, we can kind of get a good baseline going for everyone listening. You got it. And... Just to introduce myself, my name is Erika Briones. I live in Los Angeles, and I live near Griffith Park. So if anyone has seen La La Land, and there's that famous scene with um, Ryan Gosling, and there's, like, this dance sequence in this, um, like, observatory. I, I live literally, like, 20 minutes from there. Oh, cool. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And what else? Oh, so what I do is I'm a sexual confidence coach. And basically, in a nutshell, I coach high performers to solve sexual issues on a soul level. And to be sexually confident, you are sexually confident in your mind, your heart, and your actions. And it's a lot more than that, and I'm sure we can talk about it in that. But that's a little bit of my background. Okay. So how did you get started in doing that? Because I can imagine you didn't grow up as a little girl thinking that this was the path that you were going to be going down. No, exactly. Um, It's interesting that you said that because growing up as a little girl, I didn't really know my path. I was just always creative. I wanted to be seen. I like to do like little commercials and I wanted to be like this creative energy but now, um, that what you were recently asking is how I got here is, it's really my story. So my story is I was sexually abused by my stepfather. So any, I know this is going to be a little bit, like, dark, but for some of you viewers. Um, so if it gets uncomfortable, I just kind of wanted to give you a little warning. Um, so basically, any time I wanted to go outside, I was raped. Any time I wanted a toy, I was raped. Anytime I wanted anything, I was raped. So basically, it was to the point that it affected my mindset. It affected my connection with other men. It, connect, it affected a lot of my health. And it got to the point where I was diagnosed 5150, which I believe was, was just trauma. It was just sexual trauma, which I didn't know what to do. I tried everything from landmarks self-help books. I even studied it. I went to San Diego State University and I got my bachelor's in child and family development. So I learned a lot about that, but I mentally understood it, but I couldn't integrate it in my body. And once, yes. And after I graduated college, I know this is like a little bit like a long story, but long story short, 
I was really, really depressed. So I ended up getting in the erotic industry. So what that means is I did everything from Tantra to even being a dominatrix in West Hollywood. So I've seen a lot of things. I've been around, like, sexuality for five years. And and now I teach and coach men at how to be, like, more transparent, how to, like, really learn how to slow down when it comes to sex. And I understand that sex is very taboo. And so my mission is to really educate people on how important it is to to heal the one thing that got us here. <laughs> yeah. So you mentioned that you go around and you help teaching men. So is that, like, your main client base, I guess? Because you take on clients as, like, a coach and coachy kind of relationship, right? Uh, that's a really good question. It's it's really interesting because my target is is women. Like I rather work with women because I have worked with so many men. Okay. Uh, it's basically about your values. So if you are someone who's shy and insecure, but you have a really good heart and you're really into learning about spirituality, that's that's basically my ideal coach. Is someone who's actually on that path of spirituality, and they want to dive deep into sexuality, those are my clients. Okay, so, so basically, me, oh, go ahead. For for me, a high performer is someone who's creative, they're really into personal development, um, they, they just want to learn more about the sexuality component. Does that make sense? Yeah, so it's basically someone that actually wants to learn about it for the deeper human connection side behind it, not just because it's some dude that just wants to be good in bed and slay. <laughs> exactly. Okay. And okay. <laughs> absolutely. And it's really important for the millennials to understand a little bit more about sexuality. And I just want to like share something. Um, the reason I say that I'm like in a good energy is because I was in, in an Uber pool, and there was these, like, college kids who were talking about asexuality. I don't, I don't know much about asexuality because that's not what I think about, but they were very into this, this is my opinion, and I am right. And mm. it just felt like I understand that they intellectually get it, but to embody sexuality is a completely different animal it's like you, you think you know, but we really don't know what we don't know. Right. Well, because it's so much more emotional than it is intellectual. I mean, of course, you have to have some sort of just general knowledge base, but it's, it's so much more e emotional than it is intellectual, at least from, from my point of view. Absolutely. The emotional part is something that we don't understand how it works. We, we can study it for years. We can study the intellect part. And I will share from experience something that my sister says is, you're, you're very book smart, but it's like you don't get it. Like, and mm -hmm. I'm laughing because um, I used to, like, read all of these spiritual books, and my friend calls me out one. She's like, you know, you read all these, these spiritual books, but you're not living your own truth. And I was like, ouch, like, that kind of hurts. But it was really exactly what I needed to hear because that's when I kind of um, got into meditation. I got into Tantra, 
And, you know, I did a lot of, like, inner work. And when I realized that was the key catalyst in my growth, mm-hmm. now it's like the heavens have parted. And it's actually been a key reason of why I'm able to speak. Right. Well, I mean, it sounds like before, because, I mean, I've been there. You're just, before when you're reading all those books and things like that, you were kind of just in, like, the data acquisition portion of your life or in this cycle of learning. And then once you got called out, that was kind of the little jolt that you needed to actually put that stuff into action and actually put it to work and not just have it be some nice information that you have in your brain, but actual real life experience that you use on a daily basis. Now it sounds like. Yes, absolutely. And that's one of my, my key call to action is or invitation is to really understand to be humble, to mm. know that there's always so much to learn about one component. And I will say that because I hear so many people who are like, oh, yeah, I'm really good at bed. I'm like really good. But there's so many different aspects of sexuality that people don't really know it all. And I will share because Having a dance background, I used to dance for 10 years. That's my other background. And one of the key aspects of dancing is movement, which is very sexy. And I don't know, do you know much about salsa dancing? Um, no. I, all I really know is that I'm pretty sure my girlfriend wants me to learn, um, and that's the extent <laughs> of my knowledge of salsa dancing. <laughs> See, that's good. And And that's the thing is, like, like, even salsa dancing, it's its own, like, sensual art. Because in salsa dancing, it's a partner work. So the guy is leading, and the woman is the the flower. She's kind of like the the picture. And Mm. and the thing is, salsa, the guy needs to learn so many, many steps and patterns, and the woman's supposed to learn everything from her body to the music to spinning. There's... So much to even the dance, um, and and that's the thing. I mean, obviously, it's a little bit more advanced and in the mind, but just like sex, there's so much that you can learn from uh, the different aspects of moving, movement, from from the breath to the intensity to the duration to, like, how to, like, hold your partner in a way that she feels like you're reading her mind. Does that make mm. sense? Yeah, no, that does make sense. Just digesting all of it, because I mean, I, I, I think I, we, when we spoke briefly beforehand, like I, I like, I think I flat out told you that I've never really met someone in the industry that you're in. Like I've known that it exists, but um, I've never really just had the opportunity presented to me to learn about what you do on a daily basis. Mm, yeah, absolutely, and. It's it's always good to learn different components about every every industry, right? Like I a few days ago, I was spending time with one of the smartest men I believe in the world, <laughs> and <laughs> and I'm I'm not gonna say much about their background, but they're like a neural I'm not sure if they're a neuroscientist, but they're really good at engineering and biohacking, and this person is an Anyways, they they taught me that knowing is the enemy of learning. And they say that, you know, a lot of us 
um, shut down our our belief system by saying, "Oh, I know it all." Oh, I yep. know. Oh, I know. But when it comes to the action, do you really know? <laughs> Can you really think? Right. Yeah. No, that's so true. And I mean, I've I've learned that and experienced that, and and pretty much said those same words to quite a few people when they try to tell me that they know it already, but they're doing the exact opposite. And I mean, it's so easy just to be like, okay, well, if you actually did know this, then we wouldn't be having this conversation right now. Um, so I, I completely agree with what that gentleman said. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And that's why self-awareness is key. And I know we have this in common <laughs> because we both uh, follow Gary Vee. Yep. Right? And he talks about self-awareness, and this is something that I tell my clients is you need to be so self-aware, like within yourself first, because imagine you're with a partner who has trauma and you're not that aware of that. And before you know it, you might be triggering her or you might be communicating in a way that only makes her shut down even more. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's important to learn about sexuality or intimacy because it's not something that we talk about. And as you said before, it's not something you're used to hearing. We're, we're so used to hearing about mindset coaches, business coaches, entrepreneurship, yoga, right. meditating. Yeah. So before I forget and before we kind of hop in because I'm curious and I think it's going to be interesting for everyone listening to hear like the process that you actually bring people through just so people have a better understanding of what it is that you actually do. I don't know if you even noticed that you said this, but when I asked who your main clientele was, um, because you said it sounds like you work with mostly men, um, but you'd rather work with women. Um, I don't know if you noticed, but you said that you'd rather work with women because you've worked with so many men. So I'm just curious on like what it is that you've learned through working with so many men that makes you um, want to work with women that much more or prefer to work with women. That's, that's a really good question. It's probably like the best question anyone has ever asked me. <laughs> You're a really good interviewer. Well, I have to like really think about this. Um, Yeah, we got time. ah. (laughs) Okay, so meditating on this, I would have to say what I have learned about men is most men want like touch and body, and I feel that's that's the key thing that women need to understand is their bodies. And I'm like kind of like rifting through this. Um, Not sure if this is making any sense, but the reason I want to work with women is because probably there might be trauma on my end from working Mm. with some guys. And, and again, like a little disclaimer, okay. From working in the industry, I've seen a lot of like really, really dangerous men like really dangerous. And I this is probably the first time I'm going to share it, but oh well. <laughs> I'm at a point where I'm I'm have nothing else to hide. So Well, I cool. We have an exclusive. Work. That's fun. Oh, exclusive. 
Well, I've, I've had guys that they, they threw me against the wall or they pull out guns or, you know, like knock on wood, I'm alive. And wow. I'm not throwing any guy under the bus, but I know there's good men out there. And because I've done so much growth, I know it's not everyone. I just know it's just a specific mindset. And okay. I have also been on the other side where I've worked with some of the most amazing, kind-hearted men. And speaking of men, I'm actually uh, working with Destin Garrett, so I'm kind of um, like assisting in his program. So Destin Garrett is in charge of Evolved Masculine Path. So mm. if he listens, I'm like, shout out to Destin. <laughs> he actually works with men, and he teaches them how to become evolved. Interesting. And okay. Yes, it's really about learning how to learn presence, learning how to be um, really in your body, like learning things from breath work to specific um, sacred sexual practices so they understand how to really rule women. Because the thing is, working with men, I noticed that guys crave touch. They crave intimacy. And right. something I always suggest to guys is this is just like some of the tips that I'm going to give. So just a few exclusive tips is understand for men that there's a thing called sex transmutation. Do you know about sex transmutation? Say, say that one more time. Have you heard of sex transmutation? I haven't, no. Okay. In the book, Think and Grow Rich, Napoleon Hill describes sex transmutation as this energy force that can really just be channeled into, you know, amplifying that energy as a source for, for creating. So that sexual energy is different for men than it is for women. For okay. men, they're supposed to use that energy um, for creativity, for their businesses, for their mindset, for working out. And if they overuse it, it's going to deplete their protein. It's going to deplete their energy. It's kind of like a bank account. And an example is there's, there's a little boy that inherits a million dollars. And over time... He, by the time he's 80, he has no more money left. Another little boy who gets the same amount of a million dollars, he learns how to save that. So by the time he's 80, he still has, like, enough. So that's mm -hmm. an analogy to our protein. So if guys overuse it, they're literally depleting their selves and their energy source. And so guys that practice Tantra, guys that practice that type of mindset, they can learn how to use it in a way that actually only re-energizes them. Interesting. Okay. Mm -hmm. And for women, it's the opposite. <laughs> for women, they need to actually have sacred sexual practices. You know, there was... I don't know if you've also I, I don't know if you've heard of hysteria. Uh I have, yes. Not very familiar, okay. but vaguely. Okay. So there is a movie. I don't remember the name of the movie, but I'm gonna have to Google it after this. Um 
but it's a movie that talks about how in the 1920s women would have to go to doctors. And I, I see it as like women needing to get happy endings, <laughs> but really women were kind of going through this like mental psychosis where they thought they were losing their minds, kind of like the Britney Spears moment, except they're not all shaving their heads. They're just kind of like having hysterical crying moments. And so they had to go to these doctors and these guys are just like healing them up. But really it's kind of like a therapy. And eventually one guy was like, man, my hands are hurting. <laughs> so they created a vibrator and and now it's important for women to learn how to, you know, like have a sexual practice because it makes them more radiant, more joyful, more playful. And it's really interesting because I hear a lot of conversations from women that they're just waiting for the B. They're just waiting for that knight in shining armor or the social media prince charming to give them that, but I tell them it's important to do something, even if it's dancing, even if it's just like like a jade egg, but it's important for women to learn how to use that because they're probably thinking, well, once I have a guy, then I'll be happy. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, and, and you know that cannot be the case. Exactly. And it's really interesting because it, it really comes down to culture, um, dogma, family values, which causes that discomfort when it, talks to, when it comes to sexuality. Mm-hmm. And I, I've had one, one woman share that she thinks that if she has an orgasm, she's a slut. Oh, gosh. Mm-hmm. That's terrible. I wonder who taught her that or what made her think that way uh, that's that's exactly what I'm really fascinated by that's why I say I want to solve sexual issues on a soul level because every different client has a different background whether it's a Jewish background or Russian so I really like to go deeper into what is the context of where their their limiting beliefs is holding them back Sure. And one of the books I recommend all women is the book Pussy, A Reclamation. And this book is by Mama Gina. So she runs this uh, school called uh, the School of Womanly Arts. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right. But basically she's worked with a lot of pioneers, like my, my teacher, Gabrielle Bernstein. She's worked with. Marie Forleo, Kate Northrup, and so many others. So in this school, she actually teaches women the importance and the theories and the science behind it. And, I mean, women have 8,000 nerve endings. Guys have 5,000. And women, you know, it's I really encourage women to take on a practice, even if it's anything from, like, dancing or you know, like feather light touch or doing like a ritual every every morning. Mm. Hmm. So, oh, do I still have you there? It went silent for a second. Okay. Oh, there we go. So, um, that's really interesting. I like again. I've I've never talked to someone or heard your side of things before. So it's just really interesting, very 
eye-opening to a whole nother way of thinking that most people aren't even aware of. Absolutely. Well, it's because we, we get our education from other means, especially pornography. And even the education system is a little bit skewed. And just to share a story, the first time I learned of what happened to me, that was when I was 13, and I took a sex ed class, but the teacher was drunk. <laughs> and oh, wow. I saw the, yeah, I know. I saw the word incest in my book, and the, I felt like I was just learning the stuff just to regurgitate information, but I didn't really understand the importance of sexual abuse. I feel that a lot of schools need to address that in a way that that it invites children or wherever they are to, to have a conversation with their teachers because dealing with sexual abuse, it's so, so hard for students and for kids today. And I say that a lot because I feel like with social media, it only just amplifies people's insecurities even more. Mm -hmm. And so there was that one show, like thir 13 Reasons Why. Yeah. And in that, yeah, and the reason I say that is, like, for any parent that, you know, has a teenager, it's a really good opportunity for them to have a conversation about sex. It's uncomfortable to talk about sex, first of all, especially even saying that word, but you wouldn't want your children to learn from someone else. And if, if one is, like, yelling or saying no, that resistance is going to cause more friction with the teenager. Kids like to break rules. I know because, like, the more my mom said no, the more that I felt like I couldn't really be myself, I had to go somewhere else, and it just caused me to do things that I wasn't comfortable with. Um, right. And I'm, I'm just sharing my story because I really want to make a difference with, with this industry because there's not a lot of people that talk about this, but unfortunately – you know, there are people that are going to go see a dominatrix. There are people that are going to go see an escort. It's just going to happen. But until we, we start to, like, normalize the conversation, things might shift. But for now, it's one conversation at a time. Right. Starting with Nick tonight. <laughs> yeah. So with having the right conversations at the right time, um, with that in mind, so if you wouldn't mind going into, like, your your process when you do take on a client to kind of walk through that, because um, I think that that's a really interesting uh, dynamic that you have and process that you go through when you take on each new client. Mm, absolutely. And the first process in my, in my work is, is the spiritual component. So sometimes I'll have a client who's, like, really anxious, like, wow, I just want it deeper, harder, faster, like, right? Like, so they're, like, they're very needy and codependent mm -hmm. because, like, that sex is an oxytocin. It's, it's like cocaine for people. And I've had so many people who, had, who tell me, well, I'm just addicted to sex. But the thing is, that language is only going to cause you to be even more addicted. Instead, right. change it to well, I just have a sexual urge, you know, or I just, 
I just have a little bit higher sex drive than most people. So do you believe in, like, speaking things into existence? Because that kind of sounds like what you were alluding to when you say that if people say that they're addicted to it, it just kind of um, makes that happen even faster and sets it more in stone. Say that one more time. So you said, like, when people, like, voice that they, when they say that they're addicted to sex, that how that just kind of, like, escalates it. Um, so do you believe in, like, speaking things into existence and, and things of that nature? Because to me, that's what that totally sounds like, is if you say it out loud, then you're just furthering, uh, ingraining that into your mind um, and making it more of who you are because you're now speaking it into existence at the same time. Mm, absolutely. It's, it's your words create your reality. And I like what you said, um, speaking your things into existence. And, and that's the thing is while we may want to regurgitate and I could say all of these things like, okay, well, let's just talk about it. Well, actually, when I do my coaching, it's a little bit unorthodox. Um, the first phase, before we talk about the sexuality component, I, I got, kind of guide my clients through different sacred tools, everything from or, okay, we're going to just breathe, or, you know, today I had a creative visualization exercise. And some of my practice, I do a thing called tapping, It's which actually I'm going to be launching my program today. <laughs> so oh, that's exciting. Yeah. So I'm going to just share a little teaser. So urban tapping is not a tap, not a tap dance or a tap out like jiu-jitsu, but emotional freedom technique, and I don't know if you've heard of emotional freedom technique, where you're hitting mm-hmm. your face. <laughs> I make I'm a masochist or a sadist. I, I basically um, have my clients hit themselves <laughs> using their hands. <laughs> okay, I found it a little inappropriate, but no, actually, it's there's specific um, emotional meridians that we have in our body that's unseen. So um, this is the free way, this is the poor man's version of giving yourself acupuncture without needing to use needles on your face. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I'm giving some, like, free tools. And the only thing that makes this very different is the sentences and words that you speak. So this was, yeah, this actually has helped people with Lyme disease, with... um, like fears, phobias, addictions, compulsions, trauma. And the only difference is you stand in front of a mirror and you play songs that kind of amplify the subconscious. Does that make sense? Yeah. So what do you mean when you say songs that amplify the subconscious, like alpha and beta wave type things, like things like that? Yes, absolutely. Okay. And an example is I had my psychic, she used to be obsessed with John Mayer until she slept with a guy. And she said ever since she slept with a guy and she heard songs of John Mayer, she couldn't stop crying. And women, we have more of that emotional side. So on the feminine brain, well, the right brain, the the creative brain, it's very like, Shakti and dancing. So, so basically, um, anyone who is just really affected by music, 
this is like a really good tool to use. So that's kind of like my test to know if you really let it go, is if you play a song that reminds you of an ex-lover, and if you play that song and you can actually listen to it, that's how you know that you have overcome that memory. Does that make sense? Right. Yeah, no, mm-hmm. completely. Mm-hmm. And so this, so back to my, my psychic um, so after I kind of guided her through this tool and I had her confront herself in the mirror, she says, oh, my God, I can finally go to a John Mayer concert. Oh, and wow. Which is like, really, yes. So she went from I hate John Mayer to, oh, my God, I love him. <laughs> so it wasn't really that Funny. she hated John Mayer. It, it was actually just the memory that caused that. Yeah, it, just the, the association that she made. Exactly. Cool. Okay, and so I, so that is that. Oh, sorry. That continue. Does yeah. That no, sense? that makes perfect sense. And I just wanted to share that my course, which the course starts next Wednesday, it's um, five modules that talk about how to go from like deep heartfelt trauma with a breakup to feeling sexy. So there's modules about the importance of music. We go talk about the components of emotional freedom technique. And we talk about how to actually use this format. And I'm actually going to have like templates that people can use as scripts so they know what to say out loud. And then finally, we like learn how to get in our bodies through dancing and movement. And it starts, like, the cart opens now. So if anyone's interested, people can go to my website, ericabriannas.com, and click on Programs. And there's a link at the bottom with a button that says Enroll Now. And people can just check out more. So, you know, it's really easy to just, like, hear. Yes. So it's really easy for people to hear, you know, these cool ideas and advice. But it's really about taking it on. Yeah, yeah. Well, and for everyone listening, I'm going to link up her website in the description of this. That way it's right there. You don't have to worry about needing to spell it correctly. I'll do it for you. So that way, anyone who is interested, um, they'll be able to find you nice and easily. And they, like you were, sounds like you were just going to say, they can actually take this from just nice thoughts into the actual practice of it to, to put it to work. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And music is kind of like the magic sauce. Like if I had a hamburger and it was like the the secret sauce, like In-N-Out has like a secret sauce. My secret sauce is music. Okay. Sauce is everything. (laughs) I love I love I I love sauces. On another, (laughs) on just a side note, I love sauces of all types. Um, And just because I'm curious, and I bet you you know it. What's one of your favorite sauces? Oh, my God. I, I love these kind of questions. Um, well, lately I've been into, like, avocado sauce, like a spicy avocado sauce. Okay. And, yeah, so I'm, like, trying to, like, lately I've been going through this phase where I'm doing, like, toast with avocado, um, sprinkled Yum. with, like, lots of lemon and cayenne pepper and cilantro with olive oil. And usually I'm into, like, Mexican food because I'm actually Latina. I uh, was raised 
by Mexican family. And now I'm just like mm-hmm. obsessed with like avocado, which is kind of like like Latin, right? <laughs> right. I mean, yeah. I, so fun fun fact about me, and I haven't actually said this on the podcast yet. Um, and if this offends some people, um, suck it up. Uh, I love stereotypes, not for the fact that like mm-hmm. I think stereotyping is right or whatever. I just love it when people play into their own stereotypes. Yeah, Does that make sense? Right? Like, oh like, like not in like a, like a, like a vicious way. Just, uh, I just find it funny that the stereotype for like, it, whether it be like Latina, whether it be white girls, whether it be like whatever, I just love it when people play into their own stereotypes. And I even love it when I do it like myself, like the normal, like redhead stereotypes of you can spend five seconds in the sun and then you're like burnt to a crisp. Like, that's literally me. And I just laugh when I, like, think that I am not going to burn and I go outside and then three seconds later I'm, like, a lobster everywhere. But, anyways, that was just a little fun fact. I love stereotypes. No, and I love that you love Mexican food as much as you do. Absolutely. And I wanted to say something that's kind of coming through. is It's so funny that I know I grew up when I know I can, like, laugh at myself. Um because before, when I was when I was younger, like in high school, anytime someone brought up Mexican, I would be like, "Excuse," I would be I would be the queen of being offended. I would just be so offended. And, oh gosh. And that's how I knew. Yes, I lived in my like offended world, and people were like, mm-hmm. "Lighten up!" But I was hanging out with people that were offended. Like I had a friend, she's like, "Oh, you don't like me because I'm black, right?" And then I started to act that way. So it's just like that oh, Jim Rohn, like Jim Rohn quote, um, we are the five sums of the people we surround ourselves with. Right. Yeah, well, I mean, it's yeah. funny that you bring that up because I even, like growing up, had, of course, ginger jokes and redhead jokes. And I used to get offended by them. Like, I used to get so mad. And then I don't know when it happened or when the switch happened, but eventually one day I'm just like, when someone would say it, I'm like, all right, come back to me with something original that I haven't heard 17 times, and then maybe we'll talk. Like, I just, like, I just took away all of the power from the jokes that people would try to play or say to me, because I'm just like, you're, you're an idiot. Straight up, you just are, because you can't even think of anything original. Hmm. That's that's great, and I, I'm so glad we grew up. <laughs> Yay us! Seriously, God, if I still got offended by people calling me a ginger, like that was literally like that was it. That's what that's what people would say. Be like, oh, you're just a ginger, and I, and it's like, yeah, great, awesome. You're not colorblind. You can see that I have red hair. Fantastic. <laughs> Let's move on with our day. Like, <laughs> oh like I don't know why it bothered me back then, but it, I'm thank God. It, uh, it's past, and I can just laugh at it and yeah. acknowledge that people can see that I have red hair. Uh, absolutely. So. And, and that's the thing. It's really about tone, right? It's really about, like, I mean, there's so many words in the English dictionary, like the, word, the F word. Could I, could I curse here? Oh, okay? go for it. Oh, yeah, go for it. Like, word, the word fuck, right? I used to not say, I barely started saying it two years ago because I thought I was, like, hurting someone's feelings, but it's really about the energy behind each word. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I, used to be, I used to be scared of even saying the word sex. And now when I'm on a date with someone, 
they're like, like last week, <laughs> I I was saying all of these words, and this guy was like, oh my god, we just were talking about sex in a, a bookstore. I'm like, yeah, and what's the big deal? <laughs> right. Well, it's funny because yeah, like I kind of started. Oh, go ahead. No, you go ahead. <laughs> Okay, so I was gonna say like I've basically started to adopt the the philosophy of like if if what I say offends you, unless it's and like like you said it's all about the tone, all about your intent behind what you're saying. But if I but I know I have good intentions, I know what my intentions are, and if something I say offends somebody, even especially if I'm not talking to them and they just hear me say something, then it's just like okay, well that's your problem. Go deal with it. Like, I'm sorry. I'm not actually, no, I'm not even sorry that I offended you. Like, good. I'm glad you just got offended. Go deal with that now. Cause that's not my problem. Like I wasn't even mm-hmm. talking to you to begin with, but I, that's kind of, cause I used to be the same way. Like I used to very much watch what I say. Um, and now I don't necessarily watch what I say. I'm just very intentional with what I do say. So it's not that I'm trying to dance around and not step on people's toes. Cause I will curb stomp your big toe uh, if I feel very strongly about what I'm going to say. And I have, I I just don't care if I do um, because I just view it as that is your issue that you need to deal with. If you got offended by whatever I just said. Um, But only when I have like good intentions, of course, like if I'm trying to like offend somebody, then yeah, you're going to get offended because I'm going to try. But that's very seldom that I try to offend somebody because I'm just not that type of person. Yeah, absolutely. And it's just so interesting because it makes me think of Gary Vaynerchuk. <laughs> like, yeah. um, I, I have a big crush on him. <laughs> I know he's married, but oh, well. It's okay. Uh, you can have a crush on him. This podcast would be great. That would be great. You know what? I'm going to put it out there that he does listen to this podcast i'm just hoping that this is the time where it pops up and he hears it yeah that'll be great well gary if you're listening i adore you and the reason i say that is because you know he i think he was talking about you know i'm like this you know white guy and he lived in belarus and the fact that he knows where he's from just shows um i i believe that is sexy right and i always tell my guy clients i'm like the reason why I find him personally attractive is because he knows when he messes up, he knows his background, and that that is quality that shows up. Like, when yeah. I have a, a guy that, like, I have, like, probably thousands of messages a day. Like, I just hit 5,000 uh, 5, on Facebook, and I get so many, hi, 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 and I always say, please don't do that. But when I have someone who messages me and says, I'm not trying to be creepy. I just want to say um, I, I'm sh- pretty sure you have tons of creepy messages a day. I just wanted to just acknowledge you. This is my name. These are my intentions. And for some reason, because they say that, makes me more interested in them. Mm-hmm. Well, it's because they're mindful. I think that's what it really boils down to is people that are, are self-aware, they can talk to you in the way that's going to be best suited for you, it's because they're just mindful of how what they say is going to come across. And so they're just very aware 
um, and intentional about what they're saying. That way you take it in the best way possible. Right. Absolutely. And I will, I will just share this little tidbit, another exclusive, which I haven't shared. I, because I worked with so many guys in five years, I've seen the stereotype, you know, working in that industry. I've seen, like, the racism, unfortunately, where, mm-hmm. and here's the thing is, and I don't want to offend anyone, but I'm Latina. You know, I'm Mexicana. I don't look Mexican. Everything, everyone says I look Punjabi. I look Indian. I have, like, these exotic looks. And that's, that's totally cool. <laughs> um, I, I'm starting to, like, notice my own uniqueness. But I just wanted to share that, you know, Latin guys, from my experience, are just, they overstep boundaries. And not all guys. Like, I've, I've met, like, some amazing, like, intellectual minds. But the ones that are unconscious, they're, they're so off-putting that I just don't see them. And I don't work with them. Mm. Because they don't, they're, they're that unaware. But that's the thing that we need to understand about sexuality is we need to learn how to use these practices from meditation to tantra and for guys to learn qigong you know, to to really learn, like, other practices, to learn about self-awareness, because you may attract the woman that you want. And I always get this from guys, like, why am I attracting a gold digger? And I'm like, well, you're behaving. You're you're using that language that's creating right. that. Mm-hmm. So you just, li- you just listed off a bunch of practices. If you had to pick one, and you could only pick one for guys to start with, um, what would what would be the practice that you would recommend the most? I would recommend I would recommend Qigong. Or okay, Qigong. and why? Um, Qigong. Well, first of all, I my friend Ryan Nassar, he's known as Millionaire Monk. Giving him a shout out. <laughs> he has Millionaire worked with Monk. Richard Branson. Right. Yeah, he's actually worked with Richard Branson. Um, oh, wow. And, yeah. And he says that this this type of work will actually amplify your energy level. Um, so there's a thing called the map of consciousness where there's, like, different energy points. And so when you're at, like, a 1,000, and I, I'm, a, I'm a winner. I'm like, I want to get a 1,000 points. <laughs> you know, like, right. I like playing games. But this, like, actually changes your, your consciousness level to a 1,000 points where it can just give you, like, millionaire-type ideas, and it just builds your self-awareness. So, like, if this was, like, a game for, like, people like Gary Vaynerchuk to, like, be more self-aware, it would just create that. that Interesting. So, so yeah, so, okay, so it sounds, so is this, like, an app? Because it sounds like it's an actual no. game with, okay. It's just a for your body. It's just basically... When you do this, like, energy work, which you I, – I can't teach this. I just recommend my clients to go go to a meetup, take a class. Um, right. Because it will just, like, amplify your energy. It's, it, it's more energetic than coffee. So imagine you do this and then you take, like, bulletproof coffee. You're just going to be even more, like, unstoppable. Wow. Sounds like I need to start doing this in the morning like that should be part of my morning ritual yeah that that would be a cool app like where it connects to your body 
Um, and then you do it, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, you just got a 1,000 points. You're like, hell yeah. Yeah. I mean, shout out to any app developer out there if they want to do something with, like, the Apple Watch where it connects to your vitals and everything. That would be kind of dope. Um, I would beta test it, anyone out there that makes that. So, um, well, that's really cool because I – so I have a buddy that's done Qigong for – a number of years now and I've never really gotten into it nor have I asked him about it um, but it's been being brought up um, more often so I think that's something I should definitely actually look into especially when you say that it gives you like a ton of energy because I'm I'm that morning person where like there's morning Nick and then there's normal Nick and morning Nick he's unresponsive like it's really tough to actually get stuff done if you're dealing with me in the first like two hours of me being awake. It's ba- I'm basically useless. So um, it sounds like Qigong could actually really kind of help me be a little more useful, a little quicker during the day. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, I mean, that's what Richard Branson, I'm sure he does. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm, I mean, he's a smart man. I should probably do what he does. Yeah, Absolutely. Of course, I mean, I, I can't give it all away, but, I mean, that's just, like, an advice. And, obviously, Qigong is not a big secret. I mean, there's so many people who are already doing it. And if you think about it, um, like, look at the matrix. A lot of, the, like, fundamentals in the movements were kind of Qigong-based. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, guys, I recommend Qigong for ladies dancing. Dancing. Okay. Cool. Well, we have our marching orders now. Um, Yeah. Because I'm, like, so excited. Um, I'm about to do a YouTube video of me, like, being, like, dancing sexy. I just created my first video um, on YouTube, which is a little bit soft. Like, it's really, like, you know, it's a little romantic and sweet and airy fairy but we all have our days women are like waves guys are like they need to be in their cave cavemen time um but yep. it's cool because i that's kind of like the components of sexuality you know sometimes yeah. women need to like have that heart some women need to like you know just kind of be like tough and and own their different um parts of sexuality yeah well for for what it's worth i did watch your uh, your YouTube video that you made before jumping on this call. Um, and if you didn't tell me that that was your first YouTube video, I never would have known. It was really well done. Oh, thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> so so earlier, though, I, I have a, a question for you, and I think that this might spark a really interesting conversation. So you mentioned millennials. I'm just going to open this up to you to answer it however you would like, but because I'm very passionate about millennials and I think that uh, there's a lot of controversy going around as far as, I mean, especially with like millennials, quote unquote, like in the workplace and how we can't be managed and blah, 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 blah. But I think that there's a lot going on in the dating and relationship world as well. Um, So like being uh, in the profession that you are and working with millennials, like what do you see as like the current like state of the union um, as far as millennials and uh, the dating scene and relationships? 
Mm, that's a really good question. And, you know, it's about our attention span. Our, we have okay. the goldfish. Goldfish have a six-second attention span. This is something my, my friend said, but it's, it's like a true fact. You know, six, goldfish do have like a six-second attention span. We have five seconds. So because of so much social media, like, and there's even apps for social media to like, for us to have like a break from the social media, but we're still like depending on our devices, right? So mm-hmm. that's why I recommend millennials to practice slowing the fuck down. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with, you know, having this drive. Like I feel like we all want to be our one-hit wonder. We all want to be the next big thing. But it's not going to happen overnight. It's going to happen when you know your why, you know your passion. That's that's the first thing. And I actually really enjoy that millennials are – they're they're very hungry. They're very ambitious. Mm-hmm. They're very oriented. I really like that mindset. Um, I never had that mindset until two years ago. Okay. I actually used to be incredibly, incredibly shy because there was so much out there. Like I said, I don't want to be seen because of there was too much out there. But that's why I really encourage, like, especially the shy millennials, the ones that are actually introverted, like the future Mark Zuckerbergs of the world, is to, like, really slow down. That's why, you know, Tantra is important. That's why using that sexual energy to be creative is important. And if you are you are shy, you know, take on these practices. It might, you know, actually make your ideas clearer. They might, like, stretch out even more, Um profound like you might actually make a difference because we're so scattered we all for example i live in la right Mm -hmm. and everyone has like five different labels for what they do i'm an actor i'm a musician i'm an artist i am a fire breather (laughs) and i'm like okay cool which interesting enough i was the same way until i got a coach and he was like erica you're like all over the place Like, that's the one thing I kept getting from him is you're, like, everywhere. Like, I don't know where you're at right now. Right. And and I'm just sharing the lesson that I'm practicing, too, is to just focus on one thing and just be great at it. Yeah. So, interesting. Uh, So, I have a a little perspective on that, and this is actually coming from – one of the the Gary Vaynerchuk videos, I think it was one of his daily V's where he was actually talking with someone who basically said what you just said, like, I'm this, I'm this, and I'm this. And he actually had a really interesting take on it. And he's like, no, that's actually all one thing. You're just being you, but there's different facets of who you are. And and that's kind of the way that I think about it because, I mean, honestly, it doesn't matter where you are in the country. I feel like everyone has, unless they are just doing their nine to five and they're just pleasantly happy doing that, um, which I know plenty of people doing that. And they're some of the happiest I know. And, I mean, good for you. You won. Um, but for those that have, like, three or four or five different side hustles, um, I think that as long as they play into the same main end goal, then it's all one thing. It's when you have like, like for me, for example, like I've got stay grateful. 
uh, my company. And then we've got this podcast um, that I'm doing and then like digital marketing, for example. Like, so those are basically like the three hats that I wear most of the time, um, but they all play into each other and they all have the mm-hmm. same common goal of, I just want to make an impact. I want to help people be more grateful on a daily basis. And I want to make a big impact because I think that I have a lot to offer um, and a lot of really good insights as a younger millennial, um, just a younger dude in his 20, in his 20s. Um, and so for me, all of those things play into one another. But like if I had a t-shirt business and then I had like a honey business and then I had like a I don't know, a uh, paper delivery business. I just watched a mail truck go by. Um, like, so if, if I had all of those, like there, uh, to me, there isn't one solid common thread there. And so basically then you really don't have anything that you're actually working on because you're stretching yourself so thin in all these different directions. Yeah, absolutely. And I wanted to just share something that is coming up is, first of all, I, I really like that you're, you really focus on those key things, you know, your your gratitude and the digital part, right? And mm-hmm. it yeah. Like you're a lot of those those tools into one passion. Um, just like myself, like I love dancing, I love cooking, I love all of these things, and I'm like, you know what? I can do it by sharing it on social, like on a YouTube channel, mm-hmm. right? Like I can I can still do what I do. I can still share. Maybe like a recipe on sexuality. Maybe I can teach how how dancing relates to sexuality. I can relate how this component. But again, it's still still focusing on one central theme, which is like right. passion. Right. And yeah, and I also wanted to share that you talked about gratitude. So I have like a practice every day, which is interesting okay. that we have you on a Thursday. But this might turn some viewers on. <laughs> Uh, so Thursdays, according to the psychology, um, psychology today, it's the best day to have sex, especially for the ones that have like, like a nine to five. And the London School of Economics did a study that there's apparently, I don't know how they did their research, but more cortisol and estrogen in the air. So it, that intensity, that consciousness, um, causes people to have that friction so that's sure. why they say, so my theory is the more grateful you are in your partnership for what you have, the better the sex will be, especially on Thursdays. Well, I mean, gratitude just amplifies everything because it brings your attention and your focus to that aspect of your life, to that thing or that mm-hmm. person. And, I mean, it's really interesting. I had no idea that Thursdays are the best day, but, I mean, I'll mark that down on my calendar. Um, but, um, no, I, hundred percent, what's that? Test the theory out. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll let you know. Um, or maybe I won't, we'll find out. But, um, I, I mean, as far as like gratitude goes, I think that's really cool that you do that on, on Thursdays. Do you have like a daily gratitude, uh, routine that you are in? Absolutely. It's one of my morning routines. What do you do? I am very specific. I say I am 
grateful for like my house. Why am I grateful for my house? I'm grateful because I am able to be creative. I am, I go like into the specifics and then I go into the body, the heart, the different chakras, but mostly I do it um, when I'm walking. So the thing is we tend to be in the, like what's, what's next, what's next, what's next, which I tend to be, especially when I, might have like a scarcity day or I might be going through something. I'm like, no, no, no. Like that's not going to help. It's going to make it worse. So I'm like, okay, I'm grateful for my hug. I'm grateful for my leg. So as I'm walking, I have a gratitude meditation as I'm walking. Cool. So I'm going to, I'm going to challenge you to try something out and let me know how it goes. So keep doing that because that's obviously working really well for you. I would challenge you pick two days out of the week where you actually write that all down in a journal or on a piece of paper, whatever it might be, but don't type it, actually write it and, and and write it as in like write out every single word. Like I am grateful for blank because of blank and actually write it all out and see how you feel after you do the writing. Um, Cause I found that writing it down and saying and writing out like I am grateful for every single time, not just being like, not just listing a bunch of things, but actually writing it out each time um, has a very different effect on people than it does when they just say it out loud or they just type out like I'm grateful for blank comma blank comma and this. So that's my challenge to you: is at least two days out of the week, write it down and see how that feels. Right, and. I, I can relate to that because I might have someone be like, okay, I want you to write gratitude. And I'm like, okay, just doing it on my iPad. And it's just like, it's just so easy to just write it because we're on that, we're already desensitized. And right. by like holding like a pen and holding a paper, we're like really connecting to something that is yep. tangible, like something that we can actually feel. And, and then we're actually processing it. We're like, okay, like I actually have to think about it. Because mm-hmm. it's so easy to just, like, grab your phone. And if you watch my video, I talk about, like, our devices, which is kind of like a, a theme about, like, you know, that's why it's important to be grateful for, even us as women, for our beauty. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, with actually writing it down on paper, it forces you to be present and not just be on autopilot. You know what I mean? Because it's so easy. And I mean, we're on our phones all day, every day, most of us. And I mean, if if anyone out there is like me, which I know that you all are, you typically type everything out on your phone. You don't write it down in a journal unless you've built up that practice. And so it's very just like you were saying, you're just very desensitized. And when you actually write it down, then when you're you're present and you're aware of the moment, you can actually put your intention into the writing. That way the the writing and your words actually hold some meaning and power and they're not just words on a page anymore, but it's actually like your real gratitude and real grateful feeling. Mm, absolutely. And I could I could tell that you're grateful because of how present you are. In what in what way, or when did you notice that? I mean, since we we first talked, I could just tell energetically that you're just in the now moment. Oh, okay. And 
Yeah, and and that's like our right brain, which is the creative brain, is like the now brain, which is, you know, our orgasms actually <laughs> relate to our right brain. So that's why it's it's important to like practice these type of things because you never know. It might help your orgasm. <laughs> Who knows? I mean, that was going to be my next question of does an orgasm come from the left or the right side of the brain? I mean, that, that was my next question. So thanks for answering. Yeah, well, there was a, a TED Talk by this woman who, like, I could always, like, nerd out on TED Talks. Like, I loved, I loved TED Talks. Sure. Um, this woman she had, like, a near-death experience where she she felt like she was about to die. And so, like, I think they said that she was having a, I don't know if it was a stroke or what it was, but she felt like this, like, like inner peace, which actually, I think it was, like, her left brain shut down and her right brain was in this like like really peaceful state which where she kind of like had a moment where she was like oh well this is actually very beautiful and that's a part of our right brain is where when we're in that flow state when we're in that state of gratitude like we can only like appreciate like the things that we have now like even like tuning in with our partner's breath and our partner's moan and our partner's like intensity instead of like oh well I need this and I need to watch porn and and before you know it you know like they can't really enjoy the moment that's why like watching too much porn like will cause that like you're not going to really feel your best when you're like looking for all of these external things and I know because with guys that they're like I don't know what's wrong with me and you know kids as young as 21 have ED issues because they're, they've been watching porn since they were like maybe nine. Right. And that's why it's important to, you know, have these practices and learning how to like harness the chi and harness that energy. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So as we kind of start to wrap things up, um, do you have any final thoughts or things that you wanted to make sure to let people know um, as as far as um, just things in, in your practice, in your profession, or coaching-wise, anything of that nature, really? Uh, good question. Well, I just wanted to say that it's important to to like not depend on a partner and it's easy for me to say that because I've done so much of my own practice and I know because I I also get emotional. I also like feel things. I'm kind of human, you know. Mm-hmm. I I so know have a have a practice that kind of calms me down because, you know, we as women you know, we, especially in that millennial state of mind, we want it in the now, but it's okay to, like, kind of just do your own thing. Just do your own thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and the more you do, you won't be as codependent. And trust me, I was the queen. I was the queen of codependent. I would text a guy every five minutes, and I would I would even make it, a t- like, a game. Like, I would set my alarm and, like, I'm like, okay, at this time, I'm going to text him. I literally had, like, five alarms of the times I would text my partner. It was, like, the craziest thing. Or I would check in with a friend. I'm like, do you th- like what do you think he said? What? And I would literally spend hours 
analyzing each text, and I would just get sick over it. And I actually had a code a codependent meeting because I was that like sick. Oh wow! Um, so yeah, yeah. I can't believe I'm sharing that, but oh well. Like if I was talking to my younger self, I would be like, "Oh my god, what is she doing right now? She's embarrassing me." Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think because there are those girls out there that need to hear it. They need to be right. like, what they really need is they need to love themselves, and they really don't because. Part of codependent is they're seeking that person as their oxygen. That's why, like, some of these songs are promoting to be codependent. Like, oh, I yeah. can't believe, yeah. Like, I don't know what music is out there, but um, they're they're basically promoting us to, like, be codependent. And, you know, those movies are great. Like, even romance movies are for porn, or, like, our female version of porn It's like, like The Notebook or what other movies are out there? I don't watch movies. I don't haven't really watched TV in like 10 years. Well, the big one is uh, Fifty Shades of Grey. That's the big one that I think is out right now because I'm sh- I don't know I'm not entirely kept up on it, but I feel like there's one more movie that's still coming out. Um, so it's still very relevant. Mhm. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, if anything, I encourage girls to, you know, watch TED Talks. Um, I, I follow Shan Booty, and Shan Booty is a sexologist, and, oh, my God, I missed her email. But if she ever listens, Shan Booty, if you hear this, email me. I love you. But she did a video of um, – I'm trying to remember because she has so many videos. It was about, like, China. I don't know, like, the stripper named China and the Rob Kardashian where it was, like, about... Oh, yeah, yeah, but Yeah, but, but basically um, it's important for girls, especially in the industry. Like, this is something... Because I used to work with a stripper. Like, a lot of them actually don't feel smart. Hmm. The reason they got into this is because they actually don't feel like they're worth anything. They don't feel like they have anything to contribute except their bodies. And I know because, like, that was my whole thing is I had a college degree and I felt stupid, even with a college degree. Mm. And I'm not saying this is for all girls. Like, some people just, like, really love it. But the ones that feel stupid and they're in this, you're better than that. Perfect. And they might not like me. They might not like what I'm saying. And it's, it is easy money. It is. It's, an, it's a big freaking addiction. Um but it's so important to, like, have your own values. Right, right. Um, so on this same note of, like, women learning how to love themselves and not be codependent, I don't know if you've read this book, um, but this is one that I recommend to men and women, literally everyone they need to, whether they're in a relationship, not in one, never been in one, um, whatever your situation looks like, Um, It's called The Mastery of Love um, by Don Miguel Ruiz. Um, And what's that? Ruiz. Ruiz, sorry. My pronunciation isn't the best. But that book is phenomenal because it, it literally talks about exactly what we just did of teaching people how to like what love really is and what it really looks like and how to properly love yourself and make yourself whole. That way you're not searching for some outside source of happiness 
or, or love or gratification, but you actually are able to find it within yourself. Um, and I don't know exactly how he words it in the book, um, but essentially the way that he talks about relationships is like your partner is really just icing on the cake. Standing alone, you're great, you're perfect, and you're wonderful, and you don't need anybody else because you're whole because you have made yourself whole by finding the love and the acceptance within yourself. But that partner is just that icing on the cake, that person that you would just really, really love to do life with, but you don't need them for their love or, or whatever it might be. Um, and I just think that that's such a great way to think about it because most people don't think about it in that way because society has taught us to not think about it in that way. They always talk like, I mean, like you were just saying in the media or in movies or TV shows, they talk about people. Oh, but I need you in my life. It's like, no, you fucking don't. Like, it's just nice to have them because you love them and because you want them to be a part of your life, but it's not a, a, an actual necessity because you, you should be able to be good all on your own. Hmm, absolutely. And, oh. yeah, I really, like, appreciate this conversation. And I know it's we've been talking for, like, wow, an hour and 13 minutes. <laughs> yeah, and, been a little uh, bit. But it's fun. It's like these are the conversations that are, are so juicy and yummy. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, it's because they're productive. Yes, of course. And what else I wanted to say is um, for anyone who wants more information on my coaching or, like, what I talk about, I do a lot of Facebook Live. And if anyone feels like, you know, they really want support with this, I really, really recommend that. If you don't coach with me, coach with someone, even if it's like Gary Vee or someone. I would love to coach with him. But for now, you could just check me out at ericabriones.com and just schedule a call. Um, but, but I say this because I never used to take advice as, you know, someone who was very stubborn and, mm-hmm. you know, being a Latina. Oh, no, and you didn't. <laughs> or no, <laughs> yes. Um, I would just be so offended. Oh, my God. Um, I would watch so many inspirational quotes. I just, it just, I didn't really become that. I just kind of, like, was a hypocrite. And now I just have someone calling me out of my shit all the time. So um, I really recommend that someone has, someone takes on a coach. If it's not me, someone else. But really, really just, get the help that you need, especially if you're codependent or someone who has, like, an issue around sexuality. And, you know, I really, really love this stuff. Yeah. Well, and be open to accepting help. That's the biggest thing It's just you got to just mm-hmm. be open to it first. And then once you open yourself up, then you can search for it. And, uh, and I have a feeling the right person will show up. Um, if it's not you, hopefully it's someone else that's uh, just as great as you are. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, oh. thank you so much, Nick. Yes, you're very welcome. Thank you for being on. I loved having this conversation with you. Um, very interesting and uh, and eye-opening, and I hope that everyone else loved it as well. And for anyone that is listening to it on Anchor, um, feel free to call in. 
because um, if you call in, I'll be able to pass on those questions or um, comments to Erica. Um, and you can also message her directly um, and, or email her by going onto her website that's posted in the description below. Um, and uh, if you're not on the Anchor app and you're listening on either iTunes podcast or Google Play Music, get on the Anchor app. You need to be. There are tons and tons of phenomenal people on there um, that share amazing information and have incredible interviews on there as well. So that's my little plug for Anchor. But uh, until next time, Erica, thank you again for uh, being on what is uh, episode 11 of Nick at Night. Thank you. Yeah, Have you're welcome. So you, okay. Yes, I will. You do the same. Take care, and uh, we'll definitely stay in touch and talk soon. Mm. Ciao, ciao. Bye-bye.